Ben was a podcaster who lived at Discord Station. He had two small feet, a short stumpy middle, a short stumpy chest, and a short stumpy head. Really don't like the way he describes me as short and stumpy in literally every capacity. He was a fussy little bastard. Always talking <laughs> cartoons. He was cheeky too. Look at him, causing a ruckus. Really wish I could cause a ruckus to more than one other person at a time, but such is the nature of the podcast. Andrew was also a podcaster. He was large and strong and virile and turgid in all the right places. That's me. That's what everyone knows about me. Sorry you're not me, Ben. Me too. Andrew was carrying the entire podcast on his back. Woo-woo, he cried. I can do anything, and I'm always right. But that I would be right I would be right too if only I didn't have a short stumpy brightness module. That cheeky little bastard Ben. He laid himself down on Andrew's podcasting tracks, the waveform, and he killed them both. Maybe in the next life you'll be better, Ben. Sir Zane said, to hell with both of them. Let's get a new one. <laughs> Maybe if I was born a helicopter, my short and stumpiness would be a feature, not a bug. Helicopters aren't real. Bug? You mean like a beetle? <laughs> no, Ringo, damn it! Bad Ringo! I was in the Beatles once, you know. <laughs> He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. For the children's entertainment segment of my life and Wikipedia page. Yeah, that was that was fun of you. Thank you, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure. That was a pretty good parody, uh, though, I think. We, it is a, we a, could, we a could redo it, show. but with George Carlin. True? Uh, Pierce Brosnan? <laughs> Alec Baldwin? Or There's a lot of other guy. Oh. I like that you called me a cheeky little bastard. Can you just do that for the rest of the podcast? I'm always thinking it <laughs> in my think engine. Nice. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. And I'm Andrew. Andrew, welcome back, back to the show. Thank you. It's been far too long. I've been kind of away from the podcasting game in general, but been away from the carton cast for too too long we wanted to bring you back on for our final final year our last hurrah you've had a, a quite a hiatus time but it's true. um but no it's it's wonderful to, to have you and to hear you thank you so much i'm glad to be back big fan of the show and uh pretty awesome you guys have been going for so long like that's it's incredible. Too long, some would say. <laughs> Too long. I, I would definitely argue that, yes. Yeah, well, the Carton cast is going to need to be boarded up permanently. And don't you think they deserve it? Oh my god, yeah. Remove and scrap your parts. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> they I, turned them into a generator. <laughs> it's. I think that there is a huge loss when a podcast stops. You know, it's not mm. like it's... Uh, like it's not like a daily news thing where you need to like be current and only the most recent episode is applicable. It's like a lot of this stuff is kind of evergreen 
So I don't know. It's just kind of sad when I, I highly recommend people check out our daily news podcast, in which I call Ben a cheeky little bastard for pretty much the whole time. <laughs> now, all you have to do is decouple your listening of the podcast to um, make it just a track that goes around in a circle. So you keep on listening to the same five episodes and then the podcast will never end. 100%. It's our podcast monorail. But yeah, no. And Andrew, I mean, like to that point. Your episodes on the Cartoncast and especially your episodes on Empowered are evergreen and ever listenable, uh, not to mention your own evergreen uh, episodes on Amusement Sparks. Thank you so much. Yeah, I like uh, evergreen uh, stuff. You know, if you're going to make... You are the Everboy. If you're going to make art... <laughs> don't call people Everboys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times I got to tell you this. <laughs> but if you're going to make art, I feel like it should should last. You know, if you're going to call this art, they it's... Uh, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel was talking about what they do is making a potato salad or egg salad. It's like no matter how good it is by tomorrow, it's pretty stale. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a good point. We're, we're, we're more the podcast equivalent of potato eggs. We're making uh, canned beans, you know, they're shelf stable. Uh, they'll be there for a long time. That's that's that's, uh, that's almost beautiful. Yeah, I'll take it in a sad kind it of is way. Sad in a way. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Fair. But, uh, of course, we've both been on your podcast, Amusement Sparks, where you talk about uh, theme parks and imagine what theme parks based on a certain theme could and would be like. Uh, It would not surprise me to learn that you have enthusiasm for trains. A steam park, as it were. Oh, Um, yeah, that is fair. I do like trains. You know, monorails are a big thing in theme parks. Um, Funicular. Yeah, of course. Funicula. Uh, yeah, a bunicula. I, I didn't. I don't know what Zane said, but that's what it sounded <laughs> a like. A funicular. It's like it's a, a it's like a monorail at a park. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? They're cute. A Roman Mars. Is oh, that's a cute word, <laughs> isn't <laughs> it? It's. I'm making a list of my favorite words right now. Hang on, let me see what I got so far. How old are you? Uh, thirty x. Thirty x. That's fantastic. That's kind of how I think of it too. Uh, gobsmacked. Brainchild. Viscous. Rottweiler. Uh, brominated. Crepuscular and boat are just, what I have so boat. far. Just boat. Full Boat's stop. a solid word. It People is. disrespect what, the short words. What was the plus every word? Bit, second to last. Every letter in boat looks like it would float well. Crepuscular. <laughs> Crepuscular. That's true. Crepuscular. It, yeah. It's uh, It's not uh, nocturnal or diurnal. It's uh, awake at uh, dawn and dusk. Dusk. Fascinating. Because one of my favorite words is crepuscular. I don't know if it's the same word, but it's like <laughs> the light that shines through clouds. Like the, oh uh, yeah, when it's like kind of rainy out, very cloudy, but there's like a, a hole with sunlight rays coming through. Those are called crepuscular rays. Um, and it's a really disgusting a... word, but a really cool concept. <laughs> kind of is. Kind of like sinusoidal. I... Like that word makes me want to throw up. Oh, but I love things that are sinusoidal. Yeah, add that to the list. Yeah. That's a solid one. <laughs> Hyperbolic. It's amazing the energy we can get when we haven't done this in some years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When uh... we're learning so many new things. But yes, to get on t- on on the track oh, today, boy. we are talking about Thomas and Friends, better known as Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, better known as Cue the Theme Music. <laughs> yeah. Immortal <laughs> intro. Yeah. Um, so Thomas the Tank Engine ran from. 1984 until 2021 when it was rebooted it was scrapped and replaced by a younger model 2d animation uh, as thomas and friends all engines go and it was originally a live action train set and then they switched to 3d cgi in 2008 um and yeah 
Andrew, what's your history with Thomas the Tank Engine? I watched it growing up. I don't remember exactly where it aired. I think it was maybe PBS. I, like It was like a preschool thing for me. That tracks, huh? Um, it seems right. And uh, I don't know. It's it, the only show I can remember watching with my mom separately. Like watch my, watching it with my mom, I have a memory. And watching with my dad, I have a memory. That's like super rare. I don't even have hmm. that for Barney or whatever. Um, I don't know why. But anyway, it's a, it's um, a cool show. Barney is a famous misogynist. So Well, maybe that's it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I liked, liked it as a kid. I think I had a couple of the toys. I didn't have like a train set or anything. Um, not until I was like in fifth grade or something. And then it was like a more realistic train. It wasn't a Thomas related thing. Um, right. Then I worked in you a had to toy scroll store. the face on with like markers and <laughs> knives. I cut the head off of a couple of big action figures. I cut a Megazord <laughs> head off in the hot glue. Hell yeah. Stuff, right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty sweet. Um, You're like a benevolent Sid from Toy Story. It's not benevolence, honestly. It's uh, <laughs> there's some kind of engineering drive, I think, that that he and I both have. Um, but yeah, I worked at. Can, a, can oh, I go ahead? Oh, go ahead. No, please, you finish. I worked at a toy store in uh, college, and always liked the Thomas stuff and like getting little train sets all put out and everything. I, I have a lot of respect for train sets. Let's say. Um, but then as I've as I've matured and become my own person and whatever, I think there's some weird, dark stuff going on with Thomas, to be honest. Thomas specifically can be unnerving. I, yeah. I do want to talk about the notion of train sets for a second, because it's yeah. like just nothing I've something I haven't really I look, I don't know if this is wrong of me to say, but train sets seem like they have captured a particular kind of on the spectrum nerd which i am one but not that kind of one um so like when i when i think of like uh sheldon from big bang theory i'm like oh totally loves trains you know that kind of nerd that's a great point and it's and it's an autism and spectrum right and i point out that there are people on the wrong end of that spectrum because the one i'm on is correct and the one other one other people are on <laughs> is wrong and i don't like those people uh-huh. think, think of them like tracks on a train train yard <laughs> We keep and, going back to the tracks thing because that's all that trains really. That's the only agency the that only you could assume a train has is does it have? Can it change one track to another? <laughs> but yeah, it, it does feel like like I always associated it as like a dad hobby, right? Like yeah, that's what they had before like fantasy niche, football was a thing. Like a niche obsessive weird nonsense hobby. It's the kind of thing you can see. I I think in the the Simpsons, like Seymour Skinner, you watch him playing with his train set. You're like, okay, yeah, that's the kind of guy who's doing trains. Yeah, yeah. Somebody like with a lot of like, um, who's very fastidious and has and has a lot of energy and free time. Like that, trains are are what captures their hearts. Um, sorry, Zane, I, genius at work here, but it's actually Reverend Lovejoy who is uh, a big oh, fan of shit, trains. You're right. No offense. Oh, <laughs> that totally. That is absolutely the case. It would not uh, surprise me to learn that. Half of the divorcee dads of that show uh, are. Uh, we, we are throwing a lot of shade on train enjoyers today well, for so here's some the thing. reason. I, I, I don't mean to. The reason I'm inter I'm interested in it in in like kind of an intellectual capacity because it, it's a passion that I don't have and don't understand. Mm-hmm. Me too. But I I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to throw shade on anyone else's passions. If you like, just are super into trains. Like. 
Godspeed, comrade. Like I, I mean, like just I, I, I want you to enjoy that. I kind of wish I understood it better, but from the vantage point of not being into trains, train hobbyism, hobbyism seems very weird to me. Like got- archaic train. <laughs> it's kind of like the a, a slightly more updated version of uh, making a ship in a bottle. Like there's some sort right. of model <laughs> kit uh, gene that I am missing. Mm-hmm. The Warhammer folks now. It's Warhammer, Warhammer now. You're totally right. Ham Minis, radio. Yeah. I, yeah, it's like overly technical. It's not about, I don't know. You can it, do it, it on your it, own, but you can also appreciate it with others. You mm-hmm. can appreciate somebody else's setup. And and here's the important bit. It will never be useful. Like it has to it's a hobby that necessarily <laughs> is is an artifact of a past generation. Mm-hmm. That that is I think the key ingredient because there, it means that your hobby is safe. Like no, no one can, no, no one can bother you. Like you're not going to get somebody like throwing shade on your calligraphy. No, no one's going <laughs> to, you know, no, no one's going to tell you you're doing it wrong. Yeah, there, there are museums you can go to to just enjoy the train setups people have done. Right, like uh, I was at the Miniatur Wunderland in Deutschland um, once, where it was just like places all over the world as train sets. Wow. Uh, and all the like little detail and craft and the way they moved and the little you know uh, uh, cool things they put on them like it is a craft that can be appreciated, um, you know, by the layperson. Yeah, it's like going to a cathedral and just looking at the architecture, kind of. And and with regard to uh, Thomas the Tank Engine as a children's cartoon, the appeal to children, you know, we talked about this in Dino Trucks. Kids love big mechanical or other uh, you know things that aren't people and animals with with a with a an attachment that you don't see with a lot of uh, other properties it's literally the thing that like shows up in children's books across <clears throat> across the, the the world like they they always learn you know cars trains trucks vehicles of any sort that like i think it's sort of so because i have a dog now and i've been trying to like introduce her to things that could scare her <laughs> like if you didn't have a good concept of what a car was, you see them all the time. You, you need to kind of deaden that as a surprise <laughs> to your, like, you need to, like, like really reinforce, hey, this is a normal part of your world. Yes, if we were in, like, a prehistoric civilization, this would be an apex predator that you need to flee from. But, like, <laughs> we, we need to introduce this to you in a, in a friendlier capacity mm-hmm. so you don't get weird hangups. Absolutely. I think that that um, kind of anachronism and like the the creator of the series, I think, was definitely a train guy, obviously, and like created this own island so that there wouldn't be technological advancements there and that steam trains would always be the, the dominant force on the island. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing where it's like, no, I have to protect my hobby. I can share it with people, but you can you can only look, you can't touch kind of thing. Yeah. Let's... Do you guys, um, do you get, uh, I'm sorry, I'll, Zane, I'll let you do it. Just let me get this one other tangent out of the way. Sure. So, you know the lore of Transformers, of course, is that these aliens came to Earth, and because cars were more populous than people, they all turned into cars to, like, try to blend. (laughs) I'm imagining a version of Transformers where they land in, what is the name of this place? Sodom. Yeah, it's not Sodom, Ben. I I I kept on thinking Sodom. Thank you. I know you you did. Sodor. Like, they all just happened to, like, for whatever reason, they went through a magnetic field, they all landed in Sodor, and now they're all trains, <laughs> but nobody, like, they're really bad at blending in, because trains are just not that common. 
That is a valid uh, origin story for that island, I think. But yeah, let's let's take a look. Um, so the, the the show is based on books from the 1940s, uh, the Railway series by Reverend W. Audrey, who yes did hate diesel trains. Um, and so we're and hippies. Andrew, we're, uh, I mean, you had to at that point. <laughs> that's baked in. Yeah, that's baked into the culture. Uh, they lost that Great War. Uh-huh. I'm now just picturing Reverend Lovejoy as this children's yeah, Reverend book writer. Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. It makes sense. How could you not? Um, and Andrew, we're in the midst of uh, we're, we're we're doing kind of a block of children's TV, like young kids TV, mm-hmm. and it's interesting comparing this to Muzzy, which was in the '90s and was like, "Hey, overbearing parents, you have to educate your kids with your entertainment." To the '80s, where it's like, "Buy these train sets, and isn't this pleasant?" Uh, and also, it's isn't cheap. this pleasant? Is a really good tagline for this show. I agree. But the fact that the fact that the books were written in the 40s and 50s means that the messages and the the, the text, which is you know spoken verbatim, um, does not have the same 80s values uh, that we've come to associate with that era. Yeah, it feels timeless. Yeah, you, you it's, don't, it's hard to even peg what decade the show came came out. You do kind of equate this storytelling not with commercialist enterprise but with like literally just trying to appeal to a kid when you're reading them a mm-hmm. a, a good night story like the, the it comes through very organically the fact that this is adapted adapted from a from a kid's book it's like winnie the pooh like what time is winnie the pooh from childhood that's it <laughs> yeah generic childhood yes that's well um, so uh, Thompson Friends, it was produced by Clearwater Features and Gulane Entertainment. Uh, these are UK companies. Uh, and they also made the following shows. Shining Time Station, The Magic Adventures of Mumphy, Captain Pugwash, Art Attack, Sooty Heights, and Zap. <laughs> Who could forget any of those, really? <laughs> um, now, uh, the Railway Series books themselves are relevant Um Andrew Lloyd Webber loved the Railway series. He named his production company after the ominous adjectives used to describe trains. It's the really useful group. Right. They, and he they're made, described as really useful engines a lot of times. And before uh, yeah, the TV we're going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Before the TV show, uh, he wanted to adapt it into like a musical production, which seems yeah. bizarre. He went on to make Starlight Express, which which is trains yeah. as a musical in the same way that he did, um, you know, the, the, the Cats from... T.S. Eliot's Book of Cats. Because it was also Trains as a Musical, yeah. Now, Weber (laughs) wanted to do a more direct adaptation of the Railway series using American investment money, but the publishers refused to give him control of everything because, and I quote, once the Americans get a hold of it, the whole series would be vulgarized and ruined. Yeah, correct. That would have been awesome. (laughs) We would have loved that. (laughs) Agreed. And to that point, the person they got to do the narration in the U.S. was George Carlin. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. What a fascinating casting decision. There's amazing videos cutting. Mr. Rogers is right there. There's videos of him, like, cutting in his narration of the books, followed by cutting to his comedy voiceover <laughs> over watching the train. Oh, yeah. Like, Thomas, somebody said, Thomas, why don't you do this? And he's like, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> the signalman ran up. Hello, Thomas, he said. What are you doing here? I'm looking for an antique lamp sticking out of a clown's ass, said Thomas. People are laughing at my railway, and I do not like that at all. Take your fucking railroad and stick it up your ass, said James. It's kind of like uh, listening to anything Danny DeVito does in yes. Matilda versus Aww. anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, hi, I'm Danny DeVito. I'm playing the part of a of a deadbeat father. Okay. <laughs> I guess that's cool. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so um but the, the the voice the voice that we are familiar with in this yes, show is of course John Oliver. Ringo that's what I meant. I meant Ringo Starr. I kept on hearing John Oliver when I was hearing his voice because that's the that's the that that's, that's the, the Brit- British. That's person. the one British guy whose voice stands most strongly in my mind with that hev- heavy Liverpool accent. Yeah, like I mean, you can't really get away from it. British accent du jour. Isn't it bizarre I mean, though, the- that the word is Liverpudlian instead of like Liverpoolian? I, I can't. I like get myself into the a British. pud. It's messed up. <laughs> but like, no, it's it's. It, it the Beatles kind of ruined Liverpool for the world. Mm, like you can't really be because you you can't really have a Liverpudlian accent mm-hmm. and not sound like a Beatle. True, they ruined Period. a lot of haircuts too, and uh, rock music. Arguably, they converted everyone, Ooh. and everyone's like, "Oh, you just sound like the Beatles." It's like, no, actually, the Beatles redefined what rock music even is. So everything kind of sounds like the Beatles. Yeah, if you don't sound like the Beatles, you're doing it wrong. That's very true. <laughs> kids these days need to learn that. <laughs> Those damn kids. Yep. Um, yeah, so I didn't ever see Thomas the Tank Engine growing up. My no. only exposure was no. through like references in like a robot chicken sense or cracked <laughs> articles talking about how dark it was. And I'm like, this series can't possibly this can't possibly be the text of what they're doing. And then you watch it and you're like Oh no! Yeah, they break that guy up. <laughs> yeah, I have um, I have one uh, strange kind of fragmented memory, which is like I, this might be a thing that some kids got, went through. Is you go to a toy store and in a in the toy store because it's like for little kids, there is usually like a um, like it's like a centerpiece of a train set and a bunch of other stuff they just put on that same table, you know, like so that toddlers can like kind of uh, stand up by themselves and, like, have it for support, but still have a bunch of things to play with with their hands and stuff. Hmm. Train set is such a good toy centerpiece that uh, I I weirdly remember the faces of the trains, even though I have no engagement with trains as a toy itself. Right. It's, it's just part of the toy environment. Mm-hmm. It does not mean toy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Andrew, do you have familiarity with specifically Tomas? I remember it from childhood for sure. I remember that it was narrated. It felt like a storybook versus like a yeah. more traditional cartoon. Um, That's pretty much it. I mean, I remember the toys a little bit. I think like some kind of daycare place had them where they're like magnet magnetized uh, connection points. Yeah. Oh, I do remember those. Yeah. Yes. Those are kind of cool. But that's mm-hmm. more or less that's it. Um, It's a weird show to go back and watch because it is like a childhood thing like even watching the newer episodes it still feels like it's from some ambiguous childhood time mm-hmm. well it's it's so unlike most cartoon media mm-hmm. that it's very easy to slot this into adapted children's book like it it, it doesn't look like a thing that's not just a children's book it, like it, the, the voiceover yeah. the the narrator is is pleasant cheerful you know, it's you. You get attentive dad mm-hmm. hearing that voice. Yeah, it, and it's not like animated the way a lot of shows are. These are trains, and they did like some resin faces that they swapped out, a la you know, uh, Corpse Bride. You know, stop motioning, and 
it because it's just the the words from the original books read out it feels very much like like an audiobook uh for kids yeah like peter and the wolf yeah mhm and yeah the characters aren't even voiced like it's just the narrator talking on their behalf uh up to a certain point at with where I think yeah, they, Thomas they, takes over as the narrator. They do mix um, it up uh, at, at, in the later seasons. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the bulk of this show and the time period where it ran for long enough and uh, relevant enough for most people who would be watching it, um, that's kind of the focus is the early stuff. And I, I think it's the more interesting stuff, too, because once it becomes all CGI, it's like, well, this is just grotesque. It's not really anything yeah. else. <laughs> and it does. It, I think it can kind of... Uh, push away from the things I was kind of irritated with with the old Hmm. series Um, meaning that like everything is so rigid and like stuck on the tracks where by season 24 they're like traveling around the world somehow and like they can fly off the tracks and there's a lot more like uh, dynamic movement rather than this is just yeah it went went the way of Mario Kart yeah yeah that is valid (laughs) that's a really good uh, comparison because they are like it is a rigid vehicle but you can add a ton of life. You can really Pixar it up. Um, but they don't really do that until the, the very latest season. Un- until they absolutely run out of plots that can be done with trains on rails. Yeah. Um, yeah, I um, I don't know how you guys are going to feel about that. But I, I kind of see it as uh, the show's strength of not having them be able to do very much. Like, to me, this show exists best when it's like, your 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 kid your kid needs like ten minutes of wind down before they're going to sleep. Yeah, like that. That's where this shines to me. Yep. Is we've got a very few number of moving parts, and by moving parts, I mean as a cartoon. So you got narrator telling you things. You got music that starts and stops as necessary. Again, with that audiobook feeling, like Magic Flute. Yeah. Um, and the only animation is is like very basic kind of stop motion thing for the faces and moving a toy train along a track. And that's like, I don't feel like giving more stimulus to your kid as they're falling asleep is a good idea. Yeah. So that overall effect is kind of multiplied and, and pounds upon itself mm-hmm. with these particular building blocks. I, I don't think adding more building blocks or like giving him more verbs is at, I think it's subtractive to be yeah. honest. Yeah, it's it, it's point. worth it's worth mentioning. These episodes tend to be you know five to eight minutes. I kept watching them and expecting the plot to keep going and like building on what they did, but because a plot will literally just be like, you know, this train felt like it, uh, you know, it couldn't do something, and then it 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 rallied and decided it could do something, and then it did it. But it always feels like it should be going a bit further. Like there should be some yeah. complication, or there Zane, should be some. You don't, <laughs> Zane, you, well, let let me let me throw some meta awareness onto this discussion. The train doesn't go along new tracks. Yeah, fair. it's a freight train. It carries the same cargo back and forth. You're going to be doing the same, and and much like a children's book, you're going to be reading it eighty times. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it has to be the same plot. If it wasn't the same plot, it wouldn't be a children's book. That's valid, but I think as adults, we're looking for something deeper. Or like, you know, those mm. cracked articles you mentioned, Zane. It's like, 
from an adult perspective, if you're looking at this as like a moral Oh, we'll get to the cosmology. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, we're looking for something maybe deeper than what this show is supposed to have or like what the point is, which is to be this kind of peaceful, like wind down show. Like it it fits really well for what it's trying to do. It does for. I think that for whatever reason, I was just really on board to accept the terms that it was giving me. It goes down pretty smooth um, if you're not expecting it to be, you know, tremendously complex. The 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 source material of it uh, and the fact that it's from these books from a, a much more uh, austere, uh, mm. hard-nosed British stiff upper lip time is, you know, you'll get a story where, you know, Thomas is being... Uh, made fun of by another train and then you know he does something he gets one up he and then he's a jerk back to the other train and you're expecting there to be like a moral from it but the moral is hey this train was acting like a jerk he has been punished isn't that great and I, I just, it, it clashes it with my modern sensibilities. Yeah, and I think the, the criticism or, like, the concern about what if Americans took over this, I think it would be, like, well, there has to be, like, a moral lesson at the end and everyone has to be equals, where I'm, I think yeah. the show is, like... I'm expecting the PSA. No, people, some people are better than others, and we should just tell them that. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Damn, really? Oh, you're going to end it on that? All right. It's interesting. It makes it kind of compelling, like, oh, and, okay, and we're not that, all friends at the end. It's very refreshing. They'll, they'll break up refreshing. a... You know, they'll break up a train and then Ringo will say, I think he deserves it, don't you? And it's right. like, that's so funny. <laughs> it's like a, a it's, like living death penalty kind of. That's like life in prison, basically. They, they took off You can tell wheels. a reverend wrote this. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, for sure. And the whole like tracks metaphor, like, you know, you, you're this is your lot in life. Do it as well as you can. Don't even think about anything else. Like it is kind of a very like uh, dictatorial, like this is how life is. Um, yeah. Don't question I- it. And I don't know. It's a very it's, binary, like hard edged uh, kind of morality. Well, it, and it has to be because a kid's book, you know, you can't give the you can't give a kid moral ambiguity or like weighing ethical consequences. You, you mm-hmm. have to kind of just give them story wherein everyone is vaguely pleasant and well-meaning and have personality quirks around that central framework, but don't really come to moments of crisis i'm curious about comparing this with something like cars um because they obviously look similar there's probably some inspiration there but there's so much more agency that cars have versus trains where trains must go in the direction they're already going and they um, literally have conductors yeah yeah and yeah exactly there's humans (laughs) inside them telling them controlling what they're doing where cars are free agents there's not people in there i don't think oh uh well, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a brain blast. You guys need to follow me down this rabbit hole. The trains in Thomas's tank engine are the little kids that you're reading it to, because they have no agency. They uh-huh. are put in one place or another by their parents. Their schedules are dictated very tightly. Uh, but, uh, paradoxically they run the show like mm. everything that the parents do has to revolve around them even though they have no agency wow. and you are trying to inculcate them in the value of your society which in this case is industriousness <laughs> yep well to, take said. The, to take the cars meta comparison in cars it's about hey this one car wants to be the best he's going to work hard and be the best with trains 
the goal is to be, and we'll get into those big words, really useful. Um, The goal is to, um, you know, benefit the society, fulfill your role, uh, and idleness is seen as bad. Um, Failing in your mission or not being capable is seen as bad, letting yourself rust. Uh, It it does come back to this... um, you know, very Christian Protestant uh, emphasis, right? It comes out of the Calvinist tradition where, hey, things are predetermined. You're set for heaven or hell, but you still have to do good things. Yeah, do the best you can with what you got. You have to earn heaven, even Mm -hmm. though you're going to be awarded with it. And so that translates into you're here to work. Get working. Yeah, which is a little (laughs) bit brutal, but I mean, for a a bedtime story, it kind of works. But if it's like... Now that I'm... It was your only now media. If you're stuck on a desert island with this show, I think it would like the, be the, like, the wow, values endorsed by Thomas problem. the Tank Engine would not be made by modern society. You'd be criticizing this, you know, yeah. nonstop grind set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because I'm now viewing the trains as children. I, I kind of have a different take on the ideology involved, which is much simpler. Um, which is just that, in order to make the trains appeal to kids more completely uh you just give them a lot to do like they just you, you know just yeah, keep, keep them busy, busy. absolutely sure. yeah to like tire them out which is you know less compelling as a as a as a theory crafting point than your uh protestantism zane but uh, is is sort of how <laughs> don't call it my protestantism <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that's how their show kind of hit me at first blush although i, I don't doubt that this has like deeply industrious roots Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, can we uh, let let's let's briefly discuss the characters worth pointing out, and then maybe I think we can just jam because like this is a very weird style episode. Um, I want to talk about the narrator, please, spe- specifically. Uh, which I I think that this uh this so Ringo Starr also did the narrative uh narrator for the point. Uh, which is a, a, sh- a movie that you and uh, your buddy Jacob watched, Zane. Mm-hmm. And I don't have memory of like how well that articulated. It was a much longer story, and uh, I don't know if that re- it really captured the kind of storybook or um, uh, magic flute style, you know, musical theater kind of kind of monologue. Um, w- w- was was Ringo a good fit here? Do you think? Ringo um, and the Beatles themselves g- went through a number of different phases where their their goals and their emphases were varied, right? And so you can have Ringo narrating a, a very psychedelic thing, or you can have him uh, as a very uh, uh, sympathetic working man in like a hard day's night, or you know being wacky in Yellow Submarine, and then you can also have him do this very restrained. Um, you know, storybook dadly figure in Tom's the Tank Engine. He he has that range. I don't see it as as a clash. I see it as these. This is Ringo throughout his whole career has been pretty good at giving the voice as it needs. He's he's a, he's a surprisingly talented voice actor, at least in the roles that he's been given. For sure. Yeah, missed his calling. Now George uh, Carlin is a different sort because no, you think? I mean, he's used to being like. <laughs> Oh, that's a George Carlin cameo in movies. Yeah, a bit player. Yeah, <laughs> or, bit actor is very different than voice actor. Or a comedian. Mm. 
Uh, there's a great story. Apparently, he was nervous for his first day of recording on Thomas the Tank Engine because he wasn't used to performing without an audience. And so the producers put a teddy bear in the booth with him. Oh, my God. That's so cute. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? I don't know. That's adorable. That offensive? Like, oh, you, you can't perform unless someone's here. Here's a damn teddy bear for you. Yeah, I boy. bet he got a good five out of it. Like a tight five. <laughs> you know, it's... um. Something that is occurring to me is that it, like, it might be that Ringo just has the right temperament of like pleasant storyteller. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm tying this most closely to Mister Rogers uh, sure. from Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, which is also like very pastoral, train-focused kind of environs. <laughs> but like it, it, a lot of your character can come through. Um, in this style of presentation where you have so much of the audio focus on your per- on your particular skill set with with something like, you know, like cartoon and animation, cartoon and animation stuff that we would later encounter in like kind of the more serialized stuff where there was much more going on. Um, broad ensemble cast, lots of music, lots of action, longer runtime. Any individual voice actor would not need to carry quite as much water. I mean, who the mm. who the hell was Orko? Like, what was going on there? <laughs> but like, this is like it's it's strange because this is so much lower stakes as like a cartoon money making machine, and yet the the concentration of talent necessary is actually like a like the threshold is a lot higher, don't you think? A lot is riding on that performance, 100%. And I think it's really cool to see interviews with um, the Reverend who created the series and Ringo Starr being interviewed together. Oh. And it's kind of like it's it's his words through my mouth kind of thing. And their dynamic is really interesting. Um, and I assume that kind of based on what we've talked about so far about the Reverend and about the morality, it doesn't sound like a very, like, you know, hippie type of of thing right. but Ringo is a weirdly good fit for it and is really into it which I think is really charming um, and I do think that the comparison with Mr. Rogers or bringing him up is really interesting because I would see him as almost more in between those two between a reverend and a hippie like a lot of yeah. the the focus on Mr. Rogers neighborhood is like you can be whoever you want to be and like your feelings are important and Thomas the Tank Engine is not about that. It's not about individuality. It's like you right. must serve the greater good. You shouldn't have feelings. Do what you're told. And you know, if someone's better than you, then just submit. It's like there, damn. There okay. is a, there is a little bit of like disconnect between the message and the messaging. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the fact that the that the that the message is all about like industriousness and lack of individuality. Really, you you might think that it clashes with the tone that is so pleasant and well-meaning and positive but like if you just think of it under the umbrella of out of touch but well-meaning fathers yeah it actually plays incredibly consistently totally. like this is just a this is just a stodgy dad from a different time that doesn't realize that the times have moved on uh he means well he just yeah. doesn't necessarily have the right verbs for the situation but the well-meaningness carries a lot of the weight to use some therapy speak the term uh, yeah. toxic positivity is i think what's usually <laughs> showcased here which is yeah you're you're saying uplifting positive things about this person but it is kind of toxic of saying no you have to fit in the box like no just submit <laughs> just don't be sad like those kind of things don't hold up super well like we were saying earlier but it's like it is really positive it is really optimistic that it seems like there's some good intention there for sure 
but it well, is and it has also to be like st- a streamlined message because it's for kids. It so is. like it can't be eight minutes super or whatever. Complex. Yeah. yeah. When you are making um, children's entertainment, the values espoused cannot be too different from the other values that are are given to the kids in that society you get cognitive Um, dissonance that way you know and the parents won't let them watch it right you know parents who let their kids watch adventures from the book of virtues versus parents who let kids their kids watch you know ren and stimpy they're get they're getting different values um and i think you know the 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 mr rogers versus thomas the tank engine rev audrey um it has more to do with the us uk split than any particular religious dogmatic background yeah, they're, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not just a different sect of the same culture. Yeah, because in in the U.S., that Im- individualism and that you know you know melting pot idea rings true with the other kids' media they would be getting. Um, right. Whereas in the U.K., this idea of you know, hey, you were born as a blacksmith, you're going to be a blacksmith forever, kind of deal, like just be a good one. That that's closer <laughs> to what they're getting. Gotcha. Uh, in in the interest of just moving the conversation, do do you guys understand what Thomas's personality is? No, I, I no idea. He's cheeky. He's a, yeah, he's a cheeky little they devil. They say he's cheeky. Everyone has a, everyone has time on top. Everyone has time on the bottom in this. That is fair, but but I think yeah, they pointed out a, earlier. Yeah. So it's not like he's always the the Boy Scout. Like sometimes he is like kind of rude or like yeah. Um, yeah, he's mischievous, and he, he gets put in his place pretty often. It's not like he's the the moral high ground, and everyone else has these like failures. Like, no, he messes up as much as anybody else. I think. Um, yeah, I got, I got much more personality from Edward and Gordon. Um, Edward was actually the first train in the Railway series. Thomas was in the second book. Um, I actually did not see Edward. Edward is is Fuck much Gordon. more the like um, you know the underdog, like the the well meaning do gooder. Um, yeah. And Thomas is, is kind of similar. Is he the I think I can train? He's 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 got that energy. And Gordon is, is just like a bully. Gordon, Gordon Gordon was actually named after a bully that that uh, Audrey's kid had around Gordon's town. Gordon's not a bully. Gordon's just a just a just an adult or he's like proud. an older brother that has <laughs> more responsibility. He knows what he's doing. He has a job. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm like I like Gordon. Yeah, um, we're Gordon stands on this podcast. It, it is interesting. The little engine that could was from 1942 so like it predates the oh, railway series didn't Doesn't realize have a face that on it oh it's from 1930s actually the they like trains in those days <laughs> yeah it, but it makes sense I, like that's a classic children's story about a train and like you can do your thing that you're supposed to do is this the first anthropomorphized non-organism what does that in- mean <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking specifically of like mickey mouse and the barnyard crew what about the oh, burning what- bush in the bible I'm not certain he's anthropomorphized, <laughs> other than like the googly eyes he and talks. rubber nose. He's, he's day not much of a. He can dance, but like <laughs> if he wants to. In in, ter- in terms of that would be the eighties, Zane. In terms of like making cartoon characters of things that your kid might interact with, I don't. I can't think of like a technological marvel that was an actual like anthropomorphized character before thomas the tank engine or the little engine that good yeah i can't think of any either oh uh from the beginnings of human modernity in the upper paleolithic about forty thousand years ago examples of zoomorphic works aka furries 
mm-hmm. occur that may represent the earliest known evidence of anthropomorphism. So we were we were into that then. Well, yeah, we were into that for literal millennia before Thomas the Tank Engine came out and kind of was like, whoa, 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 I can have boners for what? <laughs> it just opened up so many doors. <laughs> so many tunnels. So many tunnels. <laughs> I let off a lot of steam I don't, uh, I don't like when this. I discovered I don't that. like this circle of riffing we have going. <laughs> no, it's not right. great. I'm, um, getting, I'm getting lost in Wikipedia. Can you drag yeah, us let's back stop out doing again? That. Let, let, let's stop doing that. Let's start talking about their faces. Oh, God. Um. Okay, uh... Are you familiar with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers or Super Sentai series in general? Yeah, big time. So, it, you, you know not to whom you speak, <laughs> So, a lot of those series, especially, like, the earlier ones, all the masks, every single mask, has, like, a silver human mouth. It's yeah. very off-putting to me, and I have wanted to do deep dives into this of... What is that? Where does that come from? They all dis- descend from that some solid do? silver thing. What that mouth do? Why does it ever <laughs> open? Why is it always closed? Why do they all have to have mouths if they don't do anything? Anyway, if you just zoom in on the mouth of an old Power Ranger character, they look like the mouth of a Thomas the Tank Engine character, and it's weird to me, but I like it. I did not expect us going down that. Is that something? That 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 channel. <laughs> Yeah, it's, and they actually I mean, did a collaboration. There's a, a set you can buy of Power Rangers uh, little tank yeah. engine I'm, toys. I'm sure that four or five different trains became Rita Repulsa monsters. Well, at one you point. can. Um, well, that's a good point. There we'll is talk about also the mods. there is an anime series that is uh, basically uh, Power Rangers, like you know, Super Robo type stuff. But it's all trains, and they're all Shinkansen trains. It's pretty cool. We've come anyway. so far. Yeah, it's true. It's amazing what they can do these days. And I'm sure the morals of that show are much more modern than <laughs> Thomas and Prince. Hey, kids, you can fuck a train. Oh, my God. Yeah, the aesthetics of this, the, the way that they do it is it is model trains, and then there are resin still figure people. And then the faces of the trains are are made of this this you know gray resin, and they just swap them out for different expressions. But also the eyes are, um, you know, they're 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 fully rotatable. Yes. And so you get this like funny like side glance that they co- constantly do. Yep. The like rolling my eyes, and then the like I'm excited. I am rolling my eyes 360 several times. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah, cute emotion. It's pretty good. Um, I need to start doing that in my daily life. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta toot toot more often. <laughs> the, the the faces are so funny. There's so many good memes of oh, of just yeah. different stills. Um, it is weird. It's not natural. I, it's I so don't close. <laughs> I I don't think that other I I'm struggling to because like this this Thomas Tank Engine was big enough that this wasn't enough of a stumbling block for people at that time, and I'm wondering if it's just the the fact that I am old enough to equate what I am seeing on that train with the face of a pervert. It's it's like when you look <laughs> at the original Mickey Mouse costume in Disneyland, oh, and you're like, God. how did children enjoy this? Yeah. It was just or, different. The, the nipple was tassels are Day, too much. All the Thanksgiving, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade floats, the first like mm-hmm. 10 years are just complete nightmare fuel. Like they would be the star <laughs> of a horror movie these days. And that's what kids were like, oh boy, there's that horrible nightmare thing. They all look like that scene in The Simpsons when Homer makes a bed for Bart and it's like a clown, but it's like this super <laughs> nightmarish. Yeah. I love that bed. 
I would love it if the Garfield float like turned into the thing from it or or the thing. <laughs> like just like mouth opening, claws coming yeah. out. As, as more of these things move into the public domain, you know, which like happened with uh Winnie Steam the Pooh, I think last year they make they immediately make a horror movie of it. Steam but Willie, yeah, this year is in the public domain. Really? It's gonna be a horror movie for sure. Yeah. Oh, Can't man. wait. Nice. Um the the Mickey the um That means we can put it in our as our outro music. Oh, Beautiful. Ben, we have so much. We have so many remixes and memes. Yeah, Zane, maybe maybe you should tell us about the memes. Um, so there are two main uh, genres of Thomas the Tank Engine memes that I've seen. The first has to do with the model. Um, this is basically people take video games and put in mods where like maybe it's a survival horror game like a Resident Evil style and the big <laughs> monster is replaced with just thomas with that face <laughs> that just doesn't move and he just like slowly transposes toward you without sim like actual movement yeah um the lawyers at mattel do not like this they have taken down a lot of mods <laughs> <laughs> but goddamn when you see the skyrim dragons replaced with a fire breathing thomas the tank i engine, love the skyrim one it's so when charming. A ton of them flying through the sky. I want, I want, you know, that's what they could do to Monster Hunter to zhuzh it up. Let's get some artificial beasts. <laughs> Let's get Thomas I, in there. I was only a aware DLC. of the Skyrim dragon being placed with Macho Man Randy Savage. Macho I, Man, a, Waluigi. Look, we, we are anyone, blessed really. with riches. They just do. do they just. I, I wasn't aware that that was a that 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 was a transposable meme. Transposable. The, the, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you got me. Oh boy. Um, transposed diesel. So the other meme <laughs> has to do with this banger of a theme song, which is remixed to Helen back most uh, famously in Thomas the Dank Engine with Biggie Smalls. Um, oh, man, I haven't seen this. So I don't I'm going to mute my mic and I'm going to go look at this. <laughs> also a fair number of like, you know, trap remixes, because if you listen to the full main theme song, there is a perfect like, drop. This is actually great. This is incredible. <laughs> the, 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 the Thomas has his head also really good. It is perfect meme fuel. Yeah, I mean, like, any meme compilation, any, like, hey, we're seeing how many we can cram in here is going to have it. Because it's so catchy. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, and, and so, like, okay, obviously Thomas the Dank Engine is wonderful, but, like, the music on its own is, is just is wonderfully dynamic, and, like, it has all those nice percussive instruments that make you feel trained, you know? Like, yeah. it, it's using trained sounds as percussion, right? Like the, the, yep. the, the, the hi-hat and the steam whistle. Yeah, like the dings that, that of, like, the, the, of the wheels kind of, kind of... The, the rotation of the wheels hitting whatever the thing connecting them is. Yeah. The wheels on the train going round and round. Going round and round. Mm -hmm, round and round. I, I think we can all feel good about that. Uh, <clears throat> one weird thing about the theme song is that it ends, uh, you know, it has that like, dan, 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 dan. and then it does like just a downward, it just does it again. <laughs> for, oh, that is strange. For what I can tell, no reason. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is strange. Um, uh, you know, again, previous era, 
these uh, these techniques were not kind of stress tested particularly yeah. well. Uh, far, so yeah, far worse are the later uh, seasons theme song, which is like children singing. Strike oh. one, replaced a better yeah. intro. Yeah. Strike, strike two, two and three, in my opinion. Nonsensible, too long lyrics. Strike three. Yeah, it's, it's it's no good. I think though that they're trying to lure the kids in with something exciting, so then you can kind of get them to wind down. Because they think the, like, oh, Thomas, that's old. That you know, as far as a kid is concerned, that's been here forever. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I get why they would do it. I just don't think it was the right call. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't know that this theme song was Thomas the Tank Engine until, you know, coming to check this out. Uh, the little jingle at the end I'm only familiar with because it's in, like, Scott the Waz videos as his, like, scene transition jingle. Oh, interesting. I did I not realize he took that. that from somewhere. Huh. I was uh, podcasting with, uh, among other people, uh, Tim, who's been on the show for Arcane uh, mm. last night. And I mentioned to him that I had to record Thomas the Tank Engine, and he immediately started up with the theme song. I imagine that he knows it primarily from the memes, just knowing the man. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. <laughs> he, yeah, like, start, th- like, switching into halftime? I'm 90% sure that it's a it's a, it's a a Twitch sound alert that he has for bits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dubstepping. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wonderful. Uh, let me also, um, I, I know we've kind of sort of breezed over it, but, like, the way music accompanies the show mm. is is it has the banger intro and then it just gets out the way yeah you'll get like bird sounds yeah it is kind you of get, you get <laughs> you get like little late motifs or uh not late motifs but like little jingles for when a train feels sheepish or embarrassed or uh-huh. like burr, 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 like so, something like for that sure. mm-hmm. maybe late motifs for like gordon you, you get like fat tuba noises but um <laughs> It it does it does the you know the Peter and the Wolf thing or the the magic flute thing. It just does mm-hmm. the we're introducing a new character or we're we're doing a new part of the plot. Let's let's get some transitional music to get there and then let Ringo Starr take over. Which letting Ringo Starr take over, with the possible exception of the Beatles, is a good move. <laughs> or like on a spaceship. <laughs> or uh. or a spa- yeah as. As a marauding interstellar pirate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I know we In got general. the attack on. I know we got the attack on Alpha Centauri, but I thought we could just dro- drop down here for an afternoon and get some burgers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I don't know what I meant. Zane's Zay, in a that. mood. <laughs> I didn't watch this show. It's it's just the friggin' Home Star Runner limousine animated show that they made up. Thomas the Space Engine. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, I think there was like an attempt to do this as a radio play prior to this, and it just couldn't get off the ground. Um, huh. That kind of surprises me. This sort of steam. weird. It feels like it works as a radio play. Uh, they have so many already. I suppose so. I guess that they kind of <clears throat> had more of a saturated medium there, whereas <clears throat> cartoon was fairly fresh ground. Yeah. Um, but with regard to characters, there are some other ones, you know, eventually they kind of settle on a cast and it's like, oh, the shy one, the smart one. Um, the only one I really care to talk about is Sir Topham Hatt, a.k.a. Ooh, the I Fat Conductor. Oh, the, I do controller. know him as, the fat controller. as, yeah, him, him talked as the Fat con, con, Controller is, uh, that, that is rather mean-spirited of Ringo. I loved one scene where it's like, 
the fat controller went in to check on what was going on aboard. He took off his hat and his coat and stuff and, you know, buttoned on his blue. And it's like, obviously, they just had a different model around to put in. Like, like the yeah. original one's hat wouldn't fit or something. <laughs> like, it was so That's obvious. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> there was um, there was one part that, you know, the Ringo Star delivery really, really came through really well, which was that uh, the fat controller... Like the, the the train was moving so fast that even though Fat Controller stuck his head out, when he stuck his head out to say congratulations, his hat came off and a nearby goat ate it for tea. And <laughs> oh, like, that's what a darling little, like, <laughs> weird little Ringo star rejoinder. I always thought that, that Fat Controller was the name of the position he's in, but it's not. He's just portly. And they yeah, call controlling him the fat, fat controller. And they've kind of censored this on, um, I noticed on Amazon yeah. Prime, if you watch uh, the seasons that are on there, the um, subtitles will say uh, fat controller, but the audio says Sir Topham Hat. Yeah. Every huh. single time. And I'm like, oh, okay. I guess oh, they're man, trying to I'm, move away from the fat controller. <laughs> I'm of two minds about that. Like, fat controller feels innocent enough that I don't really mind, but like, I also recognize that indoctrination of fat shaming probably happens real early for kids so it's, yeah. it's probably not a terrible idea to rename <laughs> and he's relatively svelte he's not a huge old tubbo you know <laughs> well we've been we've been we've been we, we've have our we've had our sensors deadened by the peter griffins of cartoondom oh for sure. yeah for sure um yeah and so uh, there are a couple of different characterizations of this guy like Audrey was writing him in from the beginning, but it took a while to get his personality down. So sometimes he cares a lot about the trains and sometimes he seems borderline evil. Um, I just love well, the inconsistency. It is capitalism. It is. Oh, my God. Is it? And racism. <laughs> they hate the diesels. Yeah, there's that. But um, yeah, it, it turns out a British show that's been going on for several decades has a lot of canonicity. And the people who track who's in line for the th- for the throne have tracked down the lineage of Sir Topham Hat, and there's actually oh, yeah. been three different ones, and you can look up which episodes each has been in. <laughs> oh, sure. check he, this out. Three generations. Maybe he's a Time Lord. <laughs> ben, you've done it again. <laughs> and he just regenerates as the new actors take the place of the old ones. Do an episode of Doctor Who as trains. Sir Topham Hat? In, in this train thing. Do it, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's incredible. Well, yeah, I guess that's... So as the narrator changes... It's a little different, though, because there's not really actors for Sir Top sure. Hat until 2009. Right. Mm. We've, we've talked recently about how important it is to have the right voice, like how a voice actor can elevate a performance uh, beyond its original bounds. Uh, I think the one that won our Carton Cast Award was uh, uh, Jack Sheldon in uh, Schoolhouse Rock. Right. I would argue that Ringo Starr is a worthy challenger to that pantheon. Like, this is very <laughs> solid. Like, I, I just well-meaning, stodgy dad. Any any voice that kind of fits that mold works on this. And it works for a fat controller as well as a narrator, as an omniscient totally. presence. Like, totally. one is an omniscient present to us, and one is omniscient to the trains. Mm-hmm. More or mm-hmm. less. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about the racism? The, the I'm not diesels? familiar with this. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll have diesel engines and they're clearly second class citizens whom are hated. Um, they, I, in one episode they were called diseases. Um, oh my goodness. And like, on the one hand, you got a British guy writing about these darker workers, but on the other hand, like 
environmentally yeah diesel's not great like i i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah it is it's like, interesting it that the characters do it <laughs> i didn't see any of these andrew did you i did and it was almost in the other direction where um the diesels didn't want to help the steam engines like they didn't yeah. want to work on their they're like i don't know how to work on steam engines or i don't want to help the steam engines or whatever like oh, yeah. okay thomas seemed to be kind oh, of so, the so they deserve their second class citizenship they, they they earned the shame uh, upon their family not, yeah, they should, uh, <laughs> they should have been more respectable engines I they're don't not know. really useful yeah uh th- this also i believe ha- i haven't seen the cars movies but i believe this has a parallel as well where like there's an uprising of the cars whose you know uh, efficiency standards are out of date or something yeah, I don't know. There's the the whole the show has a lot of uh exclusionary or like it is very like binary uh show like it's it's do your job and stand in line yeah. etiquette. <clears throat> yeah. So it's not it's, exactly you can't escape those racism, morals. but it is like very much uh I don't know. Given how that. few like it's painting with a broad brush and prejudice. Well, <laughs> given how few points of articulation this show has like it's, it's so basic along so many axes that it, it is telling that they found a way to leverage racism as one of those building blocks <laughs> like you would think if you were editing down this far you'd edit down that one step further <laughs> we're going to use every part of our british class system <laughs> uh to the point where most of the trains if not all are are, are men uh, or male coded. Um, There's a lot more diversity since I think like 2003. Sure. Which is weirdly late. But yeah, in like um, the newer seasons, there's a train named Nia who's from Kenya and she's oh. pretty cool. Um, oh. An interesting character because all the other trains are like pretty much a solid color or like they have some like detailing around the edges of oh like, no does she face? have the colors of the kenyan flag she has like these very <laughs> strong kenyan patterns throughout there's like okay. a big stripe around like traditional it's interesting but um, here's here's the real test of whether this was diversity as it should be was it voiced by a kenyan voice actor it's a great question i'm not finding much information i'm on the fandom right now the ttte fandom site let me do some more research. Ben, ben wants to know if it's good enough inclusion or if it's actually good. Um, it's no, I, like it because because we had the whole Apu thing with the Simpsons, and now it's yeah. Uh, if, kind if of you just include someone from a different race and then and then and then dub the voice as best you can, you're not really being <laughs> good diversity. You're just appropriating. It's it's it it changes the formula too much. She is voiced by a woman from Kenya. Okay. Cool. I'm I'm glad to hear that, Yvonne and it, that Grandy. doesn't surprise me. It it feels like this is one of those properties that kind of wants to get its shit right in terms of being on the correct moral side of things. Mm. It is interesting because I think once you start changing things, it kind of points out the flaws that were there before. The original. Like yeah. I was like, are they yeah. trying to just make sure they can stay in syndication till the end of time? Like, well, maybe I, in that case they shouldn't have changed anything and just been like, well, Thomas is what it is, and it's from an the more charitable time. read is that it's good to have kids encounter multiculturalism early and not be freaked out mm-hmm. in the same way it's good to introduce them to trains and have them not freak out yeah the book ben the way you pronounce that it sounded like it's good to have kids and counter multiculturalism <laughs> counter encounter, <laughs> encounter. <laughs> like you encounter multiculturalism <laughs> in the tall grass um yeah I, I think that's probably one of the reasons why they rebranded in and rebooted in in 2021 where like hey the adults who would expose their kids to this 
might have affiliation with the old stuff and not want their memories changed so let's just like fresh coat of paint on this um, it makes sense i, I get it um, i'm actually kind of, I'm, you know i'm impressed that they're making changes to this extremely established rote formulaic show right. my understanding is the movies like when they step out of line a little too much they get painted with this isn't canon <laughs> i mean that's that's kind of a um, a mark of quality in its own right. You know, you're mm-hmm. being defined by the amount of enemies you make. Uh, you know, th- this is kind of the same thing that we had with uh, the, the Shiro reboot. It's like the more people from a different time that get mad at it, the more you know that <laughs> Shiro's doing a great job I in the new incarnation. Yep. Andrew, quick check. Um, how did you end up enjoying the rest of Shira? Big fan. Um, I like it a lot. Uh because hmm. we never we never we, we 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 checked it out when it was still early days <clears throat> yeah we recorded that episode in 2019 i don't think season two was out yet at that point yeah no oh, man or something yeah, so, like that so uh we're all it's here great. to go on record that we we liked how it uh turned out yeah it's it a good one. seasons seasons two and three were a little slow for me yeah i i i i was irritated by the the humanizing the hordak clone saga in the fifth <laughs> season that like, sounds stressful you, to you you can, <laughs> just you, can you. you can just have a you don't have to you can just have a bad guy it's it's all right man yeah uh but scorpio got a good got a good good uh good brush on her character that was good scorpio scorpio scorpina, scorpina from power rangers thank you that's what i was thinking <laughs> and uh andrew how do, how do you enjoy the modern thomas compared to the older ones do you have a preference for for the style or the presentation I would say I like the CG era the most. Mm. Um, There's just a little bit more character. Uh, their faces can move a little bit more. Um, yeah, they don't. They don't go out. They don't go outrageous with the CG. It really don't. is. It's still the very, same like, setup. Uh, at a certain point, they do. Like I'd say, seasons like 23 and 24, they do a lot of like crazy dynamic action which is not train like at all like the trains can like bend and jump off the rails and stuff traveling Mm. in the fourth dimension (laughs) yeah exactly um but i'd say like the the teens are my favorite seasons animation wise where it's just like oh the characters can blush now or you see more interesting um locations but they're not like driving down a river experimental without being uh game breaking yeah 100 percent. you know i I think I kind of I kind of wince at the notion of making this more smooth. Like I uh-huh. really enjoy the limited sure. verb set that yeah. the trains have in this incarnation. I, I I'm thinking just like the closer it cleaves to a pop up book, the more I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Just because it's different, like it, it, it it's is- using its original frame to tell a modern story is not as compelling as just a modern story to you. I, I think it just fits its aesthetics better to look like a pop like. The character models look like they're in a in a in a children's book. So to have everything else kind of running on children book mm-hmm. rules kind of suits me. But like I recognize that that's just personal bias. I think it's really cool how many how it, it is kind of like a spectrum from season like every ten seasons. There's a bit of a shift in the animation. So there's like mm-hmm. kind of something for everyone who likes Thomas stuff. And the newer one is you know two D much different. Where a lot of series like. Pokemon looked exactly the same for like 25 years and then had a drastically and then they different ruined it. style. And yeah, they ruined it. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like the, Thomas is not like that. They've done like a bunch of little half steps and it's, it's kind of cool. Hmm. It, it sounds like you really do respect the franchise. Of Thomas? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. 
I wasn't. I, I wasn't trying to call you out. I was. I was <laughs> I'm just playing. It, uh, I no, do. It, I like it. That th- that is the impression that I get uh-huh. from the way you are glowing about it. That's interesting, and I, the reason I'm hemming and hawing is, I wish it was pretty different in some ways. I wish it was huh. more of a Mister Rogersy type thing. And it feels bad that they're stuck on the tracks, but then again, that's life, and they're not humans, and you know. Yeah do we do we feel the need to do some like hacky comedy shit about how the um, trains are stuck on tracks and like how they mate and all those other things that became jokes? An earlier content, Carton Cast would certainly spend some time there. We could talk about how some boats have faces and some don't. Sometimes we see a plane. You know, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of those have have faces, especially later on, because there were spinoff series. There's one called Tugs, um, which Tugs. is a great name. <laughs> Tug, Tugs was Ben's nickname in high school. <laughs> it was. It was one of my nicknames. Wait, the other really? ones were uh, Cupcake and that fat kid I pick on. Wow, I was big dog. Yeah, it's kind of a meta la- meta nickname. Yeah, he, he was a pretty meta bullies. kid. Yeah, <laughs> no, Tug, Tugs was endearing. Tugs. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, there's there's definitely, like, some weirdness with the world and some weirdness with the older stories clashing with our modern expectations. But I, I don't think that anything is terribly off kilter with this universe in the way that, like, we might have one day, uh, we might used to have found. It's just, like, it all fits together well enough. And mm-hmm. the specific details of how stuff works, like... You know, <clears throat> hey, we've taken your wheels off and you're a generator. Hey, I'll just take a, sl- a nap on these tracks for the next hundred years. Like, it makes sense if you're a train. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, don't have a problem yeah. with it there's, anymore. There's logic to it. It's internally extremely consistent. And the reason that we're like not picking apart the cosmology of it is because it it is so self-contained. It's on an island. Doesn't need to be explained. <laughs> it's like, on an it's, island on purpose. It is. Yeah. We 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 hold these trains to be self-evident. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> there they are! Oh my god! Get them! That's good. Is this a train? Oh hell yeah! Obviously, yeah. Um, well, why do you think it's tra- no, no? No, we don't have to think about why. It's self-evident. God, it's I love that adjective being used to anything else. Just dismiss any criticism or questioning. Uh. <laughs> um, it is cool to look up like some videos of um. I think it's like all every canon event from the railway series or from yeah. whatever the model era is what they call it when it, they're filming it with models. Um, Cause it's amazing you, you to see. Really it's just a wild a, stuff going back that far. Like it's, it's cool. like when Donkey Kong punches the moon. It's it. I think it's like um, almost like a Dungeons and Dragons thing where it's like uh, go, rewinding time to see the history of how things came to be. And with Thomas, it's so cut and dried because it's based like there's all this history that has been well documented by total nerds who created the series and who are fans of the series. Train so nerds. it's like here's where the absolute first train line was, and it connected. Yeah, it's this like to this. Babylon Five. It's the amazing. intersection of train nerd and British long running TV series nerd yeah. is so dangerous. <laughs> well, and, and I think also like like um like seventy sci fi nerd like there. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's. It's not something we delved into too terribly deeply, but there are people out there who, you know, compare warp drive speeds from different iterations of Star Trek. Right. You know, they they're probably not that dissimilar from the nerds who are are trying to canonize various Thomas the Tank Engine things. Everybody mm-hmm. gets something, and I'm I'm glad this exists. I I feel like this totally. has its, it's niche. Good. 
Yep. No, this um, is a force for good the, on our cartoon pantheon. The the only last detail I wanted to point out was the fact that they talk constantly about dying being scrapped. It's a threat. It is uh, a real part of their lives. Uh, it it feeds into the whole like do your job or else uh, mentality. Yeah. You get shit canned. I'm just kind of surprised that it's so present. I kind of want to see a, a a train skeleton. Walk me. What <laughs> the year is 2066. Uh, uh, Thomas he had a long life, but he was uh, you know the 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 new generators, the, the 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 way of the future. Everything went green, and there wasn't enough space anymore for uh, a good old coal-powered steam engine so what did he do well they put him on a on, in a museum for a while but the costs uh the, the museum went under not enough not enough interest you know all the kids grew up and so what they do they put him out to pasture uh Zane, don't don't look at your watch <laughs> You you asked me to walk you through it. I'm walking you through it. Ben, I, I, have, the I have good news for you, retrained skeleton. Is that you are seeing his skeleton? It is an exoskeleton. His face just continues as a tube throughout it, and he can crawl oh, out of it. Oh no! There's a hole on the other side. You just never <laughs> see it. Yeah, you no, can you can extrude a Thomas. <laughs> oh, no. It's a cool idea too. They give ben, there's there's the art online. Hole. I recommend you check it out. I I thought that I came up with the worst. If if you just you Google extruding Thomas on your work computer <laughs> oh, no. um, anything else guys i don't think they nope it's something on the, the topic of getting scrapped uh, um mm. it was interesting to see what happened with the character scruffy or sc ruffy is i think his actual <laughs> name um he Why? he like he sins too much and they're like okay we're gonna rip you in half and they do they just like I think his back half is attached to something and they just pull on his front half until he breaks apart and then they rebuild him. It seems like they the same soul by horses, a train. Yeah. Um, he got drawn and quartered and then Theseus drawn in half and then Theseus, <laughs> but it basically seems to just fix his attitude. It's like, well, Sir Tom, <laughs> that's Hatt's a lobotomy, like, we're going to rebuild you and hopefully that will make you a, you know, better worker. That's just shock therapy. It's incredible. I, I think that you it would works. be a better asset to the company if we killed you and brought you back to life in a similar but distinct body. <laughs> right. Is there, some, is there anything the wrong time. with that? Have you seen Poor Things? Anybody? Poor. How are you spelling poor? Poor. P O O R. It's a How film. Are you spelling things? T H I N G. Thing engine. Um. No. No. It's a, a film currently in theaters. Very strange, but something kind of similar happens, and it's a fantastic, bizarre movie for people who are big fans of, um, let's say, f- uh, feminist liberation through uh prostitution and uh Frankenstein. Uh, if you love those two things, you will love Poor Things. The Great Cast. Hmm. It's a really weird movie and really cool. Oh. Yeah. That's I cool. highly recommend it. Show notes. It's hard to recommend that to most humans, but I think you guys would probably like it. It's really weird and pretty long, but... Uh, it's plot as long focuses, as it doesn't extrude a Thomas, I should be okay. <laughs> it's plot focuses on Bella Baxter, who, after being crudely resurrected by a scientist following her suicide, runs off with a debauched lawyer to embark on an odyssey of self-discovery and sexual liberation. There you go. Yeah, it sounds good. It's Mark Starring Ruffalo. Emma Stone. It's great. Mm. Um, it's got the rough. Willem Dafoe. Ben, the you know we have to see him as some sort of like Frankenstein. He is Willem a very Luigi? scary Frankenstein dude. Hell yeah. Of course he is. Nice. Look at him. Four hours of uh, prosthetics on that if face. If we needed a live action person to squeeze into a Thomas the Tank Engine, it would have <laughs> <Yeah>. to be. <laughs> That'd be amazing if they did a live action 
Thomas film where they're just in costumes, like laying down in a train and it's just their face. I mean, we're just out. near. Star- we're almost Starlight Express again, guys. We got a uh, uh, at the brothel. She befriends fellow prostitute who introduces her to socialism. This looks great. It's Is that wonderful. Gordon? What? I was just wondering if. <laughs> The fellow prostitute is Gordon. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so this is what—that's what happens with SC. He Ruffy. seems like they, a man of the they people. They take his brain out of the the train car that they destroyed and put it into um, Emma Stone's body. And that's it's interesting. Man, a train what becomes a person is it is a fun thing to. Uh-huh. It's like that episode of Futurama where Bender gets a human body, <laughs> or Hermes gets a robot body, or where Fry is a robot but also not a robot. No, those are actually distinct. Futurama's but... been a while around a while. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we're pretty much done here. Now uh, we've gotten into uh, transgender issues. Uh, I think we can ooh, wrap good. things up. Good thing. I want to see the transgender flag, <laughs> which I imagine is just the transgender flag colors, With train but tracks? also has trains. Uh-huh. Oh, or is also train tracks. Yeah, I, I kind of like that too, man. Um, there is a character anyway. who's essentially non-binary in the old days of uh, Thomas, by the way. He, they wanted more female characters, but this guy was already in the books as male, and they just didn't use pronouns when describing him. I mean, them in the series. I forget. Everyone except name. for Thomas looks like a little pervert. And Thomas does sometimes. He gets a little too excited. <laughs> Thank you for I, I sending mean, like, the transgender flag. <laughs> it looks good. <laughs> it does. It's cute. Choo choo. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh. Andrew, it's always a delight to see you. Do you have any uh, projects you want to plug before we close out? Um, I'd say check out AmusementSparks.com or look it up on uh, Spotify or whatever, and uh, hopefully you can find an episode based on a topic that you like. These gentlemen here have there been on several plenty. episodes where we've collabed on uh, designing theme parks from what survivor to dark souls um oh, oh yeah. yeah i did do that yeah, prepare, to souls, prepare to have fun prepare to have fun park souls prepare to have fun so the show is like informally on hiatus right now but i'll probably get the energy back up at some point uh, hey I, no no worries either way it is as we previously discussed evergreen because it is headed by the everboy the everboy and... here i am yeah thank you for put that, that on your resume <laughs> Well, I'm going to start Andrew, using the 30X quote, thing. The I ever think boy. My age is 30X. It's hard to keep track of each year anyway, you know? It's it's that uh, I am 30 or 40 years old and I don't need this. It's great. <laughs> thank you so well, much yeah, for thank, having me on the show, guys. This, this Thanks was again great. for coming back, went, man. We missed you. This went and, better and than I even pictured. This was great. Fantastic. Yeah, totally. Um, anyway, Zane, what do we do next time? I don't know. Uh, Ben, we uh, have a few different scheduling things we are figuring out, so there are a few different things that might be next, so rather than tease them, we'll just see. Fuck yes. Uh, I think we have a... We have guests for all of them. We have an Unshelled coming up, which is you and me riffing on uh, uh, Flash animation, or not not Flash animation, YouTube, early YouTube stuff. Yeah. Which is, uh, among other things, a big bag of crabs. Yeah, uh, uh, that should be fun, or has been sweet. fun. Looking forward to it, and you can look forward to things, and then alternatively, on a different track, also go to the Cartoncast uh, at fancybat.com slash Cartoncast. Leave a comment or uh, request a show for us to uh, to watch in this, the, fin- the final year of our Lord. The Thomas. final year of our Lord. Is that a, is that a thing? <laughs> That's terrifying. It's a bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts and, and uh, leave a rating or review. It really helps us out and it validates our existence. And more than anything else, uh, more than anything else, just play with the trains. Yeah, it's a fun time. They, they go got forward, wheels. They go back. Sometimes they make a, a little jingle as they. Sometimes they go into that tunnel and then they come out of a tunnel that you weren't expecting because they like crisscross inside the mountain. And much like everything, it eventually ends up in a toddler's mouth. Good Andrew, you got something better to close out on? I, Andrew, have we lost Andrew? Um, no, no, I just was trying to not... Uh, that was a weird thing to uh, react to, and I was trying to think of how to react, and I... You had me at toddler's mouth. <laughs> uh, you really wish I didn't... I don't know. Maybe maybe give us a good Ringo to go out on. One Ringo for the road, please. You got it, Zane, come on. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I, I, meant, I meant you, Andrew. No, I, and I passed it off immediately. Earn your oats. Earn your coal. Uh, I just can't do Ringo. I, I went, on this po- went on this podcast recently, and they said, hey, just talk about anything, and so I did. And they said, oh, you can't say that on the internet anymore. <laughs> and I said, what is this? What is this? I used to be able to say whatever I want. I was in the Beatles. They said, no, that never happened. Something I really don't like is that stop-action animation junk. Why don't they can that shit? It's fake-looking, and it detracts from the story.